Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Well, um, before we get started, I'm just going to pray really fast, and then we're going to jump right into it. Sound good? Yeah, good. And you should talk back. We'll get, we'll go over that after prayer. Cool. Well, Father God, um, man, we just love you so much, Lord. It's such a privilege to be in this house this morning. Man, it's not by accident that any of the people that are within the sound of my voice got here. Lord, it's so on purpose, and it's for such a time as this. And so, God, I thank you that you would speak directly through me. Um, I yield myself to be your mouthpiece on the earth in this day. And, Lord, I thank you for each and every heart that is open and attentive to hear exactly what it is that you want to say to them. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Oh, there's some light. Bless the Lord. I was feeling it's a little dark up here. So right away, um, let's turn to John 15. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be talking about the abiding place today. I'm super excited. That's why I have a plan up here. If you've ever read John 15, then this may make sense to you. (laughs) And if not, it's okay. We'll get there. Um, Let me turn there myself. And we're going to be reading out of the New King James Version for those of you who, like, want to know what we're going to be reading from. Um, Yeah, and we're going to start, well, if my little Bible would work. See, this is why fingers are better than, or Bibles are better than these things, but it's okay. (laughs) Okay, starting in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me... You can do nothing. So I want everybody to say that with me. For without me, you can do nothing. And my, the main thing, if you walk away with anything today, which I believe that you will, is that the abiding place, abiding in God, is not a place-specific thing, but it's a you-specific thing. Wouldn't you agree? Um, in these four walls, it's easy to abide in God. The presence of God is flowing. You've got some nice dim lights. It's very, you know, there's like a good, a good aesthetics happening. But the abiding place, abiding in God is not just for within these four walls because then people wouldn't get reached. And that's the reason we need to abide in him so that we can reach other people. Um, and so... I wanted to talk a little bit, when I was thinking about this, and I told Caitlin, like, I was like, hey, I kind of want to talk about abiding in God, and I have just, like, this idea of plants in mind, and, like, I kind of studied plants a little bit because for this, which sounds super random, but, like, if you listen, it, like we were saying, um, we are not necessarily, you know, the fruit of our lives doesn't necessarily come from just nothing, or let me back up, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm really excited about this plant. Um, <laughs> this is my plant. His name is Oscar, and it's 
pretty wonderful. Yeah, I named him because I named things. It's going to be all right. But um, Oscar is a, it's a zebra plant. And I think actually, yeah, he's supposed to have little flowers too. But you know, um, oh, best uses showy foliage plant for indoors. So you can put it indoors. That's great. But can you guys see that? There's like these yellow little things that are growing out of, that are going to be growing out of Oscar in Jesus' name. You're going to be a healthy plant. Um, you can't see that. That's okay. Just trust me. It's there. But you know, um, Oscar probably won't be able to grow very well if, um, if I don't water him. And if he's got some dead leaves growing, which he's doing pretty good. He doesn't need any, any pruning right now, right this minute. Um, but what if he has like some dead leaves or something? Would I just let them keep growing? No, I wouldn't, because dead things are not viable sources of life any longer, just as you not abiding in God is not going to produce any fruit, any viable fruit. Can you agree with that, anybody? Cool. Um, So uh, let me, gosh, I feel like the Lord just really wants me to just go right to that, which is funny because that's later in the message, but let's just go there. So whenever I would read John 15, um, it would say, you know, I'm the vine, you know, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. You're the branches. Any branch that doesn't produce any fruit is going to be cut off from communion with me and, and tossed into the fire. So when I would, whenever I would read this, it was just really funny. I was like, I'm going to be cut off from God. If I'm the branches, I'm going to be cut off from the Lord. And that's not exactly what he was saying. So what I believe John was trying to come across is that dead things don't have life. That's why they're dead. Alive things have life. So just like with my plant, Oscar, to keep him alive and vibrant, if he's growing leaves just out of the woodwork, I have to prune him so that he stays healthy. Just like God has to prune you so that you stay healthy. There might be things in your life, even good things. How many of you know that an excess of good things is still excess? So an excess of healthy leaves there's still excess. Some of those things still need to be pruned away. Why? Because if Oscar's got all these leaves just kind of everywhere, how is he supposed to get proper nutrients? How is he supposed to get proper water and growth? So just like for in your life, maybe there are things or people or beliefs or systems in which you think are right that are in your life that kind of need to be, you know, snip snipped away at. Because it's not going to continue to lead you into growing more and, and producing more fruit that's going to be useful to the Lord. Does that make sense to everybody? So um, let's continue reading from verse 5 into verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather up to throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it'll, it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Let's go on to verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. 
For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the name, in whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command to you. Uh-oh, I lost my place. Hold on. <laughs> oh man. 17. Thank you. <laughs> These things I command to you that you love one another. Um and so I think it's so interesting that there's a lot of key scriptures that um, were put in place right after God's talking about abiding in him, right? He's saying that you love one another. He said, greater, there's no greater love than a, a man to lay down his life for his friends. I think it's so key that the Holy Spirit, well, really Jesus, he said all of these, first, these things first to give you a foundation. How am I supposed to love people? How am I going to lay down my life for my friend? Well, it will only be through abiding in God. How am I going to abide in God's love? How am I going to live from this place of love so that I can lay down my life for my friends? I'm going to need to abide and stay close to the vine. Excuse me, just going through my, my notes here. And so then um, I was thinking about this too, like what does... Um, what does that look like? Like, how are we supposed to exactly abide in God? And let's go and look at verse 9 again. And it says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And then I was also thinking about this scripture. And you don't have to turn there, but I would, I would write this down. It's Mark 12, 31, and it talks about um, you, oh wow, I'm going to turn there because I forgot it already. So, okay, go to Mark 30, Mark 12, 31, everybody. So Jesus is giving these commandments, and the first one he talks about, you know, is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 31 says, and the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And so I was thinking about this, like, okay, well, Lord, how, you know, we're supposed to abide in your love, and also we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. But then it kind of got me thinking, because my mind is a little interesting. I think of the scripture in different ways. If I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, what if I don't love myself very much? Right? That's like a valid question. Because then the love that you're going to be giving the person next to you isn't going to be as pure of a love that it ought to be, because you have all of these unsettled issues. How do, you un how do you settle all of the issues that you have with yourself? Starts with an A, ends with Isis. Abiding in Jesus. <laughs> I know, Gabby, she's like, oh, what does that mean? But it's abiding in God. It's allowing yourself to be so lavished in his love that any lie that tries to come up, it's immediately stomped out because you've allowed him to cut away the dead leaf in your life that says that you're not enough or says that your past is too dirty or says that, no, you shouldn't come to God when you're messed up because you're messed up. Isn't that the most horrible thing? I was just thinking about that. If, and I can say this now because I'm a parent, which is just wild. But anyway, um, if Adia ever said, well, Carrie, I don't, I don't want to come to you because I, I did something bad. And I would say, oh, no, honey. Like, I want you to come to me when you feel like you've done something bad so I can encourage you, so I can show you that my love for you is not determined on your behavior. 
It's not determined by your behavior. So if we're treating God that way, well, God, I just, I didn't want to come to you because I was so messed up. Then that, that saying that our works determines his love for us. If you have a system like that, even a little bit, if your inward system is that way, it is not an appropriate place to love other people from. And you say, well, I would never, I wouldn't treat my neighbor like that. Like, I know that, that they're worthy, and I know that they deserve God's love, and they didn't, you know, I know all these things. But let me tell you something. If you don't know this thing for yourself, then are you really going to be producing fruit the way that God intended you to? It's so important that we first abide in his love. And one important thing, I heard this one time, and it just, it shook me. I heard it years ago, and it stays with me. I am first and foremost a daughter that is fully loved by the king. That is my first identity as his child. My second identity is a soldier in the army of the Lord. Now, that is you. Your first and foremost responsibility before you are a wife, before you're a mother, before you're a coworker to anybody or anything like that, you are first a son or a daughter of God. And your relationship with him, I love that Caitlin talked about you for, forsaking your first love. Your relationship with him is the most important thing. And why? Not just so that we can gain from him, not just so that we can, you know, get all these awesome things like he is the holy credit card. No, but because his relationship with you is going to cause fruit in your life. His relationship, did you hear that? The relationship, which means that you're talking to him every day. You want to know what's on his mind. And you learn that by reading his word, but of course by, by allowing his spirit to speak to you. Allowing yourself to get quiet and hear what he has to say. <clears throat> and the second thing, so I'm going into my steps, which is just hilarious. So practical step number one is you need to love yourself first so that you're able to properly love others. And um, I was even thinking about that too. Like if we're properly loving ourselves and that causes us to love others well, then we can cancel out people-pleasing. How many of you would be really honest and say, like, I'm a little bit of a people-pleaser sometimes. Thank you for my, my honest friend in the front. There we go. There we go. How many of you guys know that's not from God? It is not from God that you are constantly worried about people's approval, what people have to say about you, what you're doing. Who cares if you're following what God's told you to do and you know that you know you're following what God's told you to do, which you can only really know if you abide in God, then it doesn't matter the people's opinions. The people around you, this is what I told someone actually recently. I said, hey, listen, and I said this because Carla said this to me. The people who sit in the cheap seats of your life don't have a say-so in what's going on. They're on the outskirts. So they don't know what's happening between you and the Lord. They don't know he's, what he's speaking to you. But again, if you're loved well, if you're aware of how well you are loved, you're going to love people from that place, and you won't have a care in the world about what people have to say to you. Amen? And my, uh, my practical step number two for how do we abide in God is to be constant in prayer. Um, I, It's interesting that... So I, I did tell Caitlin, like, I think it was like three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I was like, hey, I think I want to preach on abiding in God. 
I never would have guessed that I would be tested in this. <laughs> Literally the week leading up to, um, we had, you know, Andrew got some of his wisdom teeth pulled out. I still worked. And then we had just another situation in our lives that happened where I had every right to get frustrated, to let my mouth say all the things that it ought not to say. And I don't just mean cussing, okay? Because cussing is not the worst of things that you could say. But I mean allowing my words to dictate what my situation is going to be because of my outward circumstances. And so this week, I really had to just, anytime I got frustrated or anytime I got overwhelmed, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're working it out for me. You're working it out for me. You're turning all things for my good because I know that you love me. And it is exactly that simple. Turn to Jude 20 in the Passion Translation. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, this is a lot better if I have a Bible because you don't, you don't see me move into another verse of the Bible, but I am. It's so weird. Jude 20. <clears throat> Do you have that, Crystal? Because I want you guys to lay your eyes on this too. No, it's okay. No, it's okay because I have the, ver- the right version right here. Well, that's okay if she doesn't have it. I'll just read it to you. But Jude 20. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. What does every moment mean to you? Every moment. In the middle of uh, doing some laundry, in the middle of griping kids, in the middle of your husband yak, yak, yakking all the time. Bless you. Love you. You don't yak all the time. I love you so much. But in the middle of chaos, when you're frustrated and your mouth is about to go to a place that you cannot take back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I bless this situation. I bless people around me. I will not allow my circumstance to dictate my attitude. And you know what? Through that, when you take moments to do that, that's like self-pruning, basically. That's allowing the Holy Spirit to prune you. You will have those things that are not supposed to be a part of you cut away simply because you make a decision. Oh, no, I'm not going to let my flesh have a, have a say-so in this. No, I'm not going to allow my attitude to have a say-so in this moment. No, because I know that if I just get inward for two seconds, that he will have a word for me, and I'll be able to do whatever it is I need to do in this situation. Let's read that one more time. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. So I was even thinking about this like, okay, so you're just going to tell people that they need to pray in tongues all the time. Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. I saw this, this meme actually on, on Facebook and me and Caitlin Morgan just got a good laugh out of it. But it said, you know, do I need the Holy Spirit 
do I need to be, do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And the, the thing said, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. And I was like, yes and amen. <laughs> you need him for every part of your life. Yes. You need him to talk to that person who is getting on your nerves. You need him to be a spouse. You need him to be a father, to be a mother. You absolutely need him. And guess what? There might be some self-help books out there. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in reading, okay? But the word describes the Holy Spirit as the teacher, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor. He can help you. He's the best parent. He's the best spouse. He's the best marriage counselor that you'll ever have. And again, all of this, why all of that? So that you can properly abide in the vine. Don't you think that God would much rather us come to him than looking for some other source to get our answer? He is all the answer that we will ever need. Jesus is all the answer that you will ever need. Now, of course, let's not negate the the gathering together because church is important. I do believe that the Holy Spirit speaks through, you know, like right now he's speaking through me and he uses pastor and pastors Caitlin and Andrew. That's super important. And and your neighbor, that person, how many of you guys like enjoyed like congregational prayer this morning? Like a few of you, very good, loving the reviews right now. But it's through those moments that God is using those people to speak into you. So we do need other people, yes, because they're, they're listening to the Holy Spirit as well. But let's not get so caught up in other people that we forget the life source that's been put within us. Amen? Do, 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 do. And then number, my... Like my last point, but obviously, like, I have some other things. My last point is, is don't compare. One thing that I, um, yeah, actually, I'm going to say that again. Do not compare. Don't compare your life to somebody else. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is what will cause you to look at your situation, look at your lot in life, and look at the person next to you and think, well, I mean, I love what I do, but you know, I kind of wish I could do what this person's doing, you know? Or, wow, sorry, Jason, totally going to use you. Wasn't, wasn't planning on it. Man, Jason just, he just operates in, the, in healing so well. I wish I could do that. Why, why didn't the Lord anoint me in that way? Ooh, that's dangerous. Why? Because you have immediately praised a man who's just yielding to the vine. He's just yielding to the Holy Spirit within him, just like you could be doing while you're complaining about what the Lord didn't give you. Sorry, man, wasn't planning on going there, but here we are. When you're comparing your life to other people or ministries to other ministries, that's wrong, and you immediately need to back up and reevaluate your heart. That's something else that needs to be snip snipped away. You don't need that leaf. That's causing you to forsake the gift that he's put in you. Maybe you don't operate in the gift of healing, but you have the best hospitality like services or you're so hospitable, it's a supernatural thing. Did you know that is something to be praised? A person who can probably make guests in this church feel like they are a million bucks. Why? Because they're anointed to be in hospitality. That is so important. But if I am the hospitality person, which it's not, it's not me, I want to be, Pinterest helps me, but if I was like, man, I just want to 
be like Jason so much and I'm going to do everything he does and fire and all that stuff. I'm going to neglect. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But if I, if I neglect all the, the things that I have in my life because I'm trying to be like Jason could tell, then I've put honor in its improper place and honoring a man instead of honoring the, get, the God that gave that man a gift. And rather than doing that, I should say, you know what, God? I bless Jason Goodell and what he's doing. I bless that ministry. And, Lord, I thank you that you have given me things that I know he can't do because I have a place in the body of Christ. And guess what? None of that revelation, none of that insight will come unless you are intimately abiding in the vine. <sighs> Sorry, I talk really fast. I'm just going to take a water break. Now I will say, this is something that I'm even learning for myself. I had a moment while I was doing laundry, <laughs> which is, that's, that's an assignment on my life right now, is to be a wife and to be a, a, a bonus mom. And so laundry is part of that. Amen? I was doing laundry and... Um, the Holy Spirit just began, and I just was worshiping and thanking God and, and just really thanking him for, you know, I was just being thankful. Like, God, thank you so much for, you know, this, that, or the other. Just out of my heart, just flowed thanksgiving. And it was in the middle of that, he said, you're operating in the anointing right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, you're operating in the anointing right now. And I was like, oh, okay. Then he began to kind of teach me about how the anointing of God isn't just limited to these four walls, or it's not just limited to, you know, to a ministry position. Your vocation, the thing that you do every day at work, could be the very thing that causes you to operate in the anointing. But if we're so focused on comparison, we won't see that he's using your job to help you reach other people. It's through your vocation that the gospel and the kingdom of God will be spread. Like, I think of Scott and, like, the beautiful construction work that he does. Like, literally, it's a work of art. But I guarantee you, he's anointed for that. There are things that you do, like even Caitlin. We used to tell Caitlin all the time, you're such an anointed photographer. And if she got so busy comparing herself to other people or trying to be what she is not supposed to be, then people wouldn't be getting reached. There have been many a relationship gained from Caitlin's photography, and it's taken pictures. But through, through an, one girl she had been taking pictures of, and that, that formed a relationship, and that's also how we met Morgan. And the relationship, y'all know Morgan. We love some Morgan, okay? But think about that. The anointed photographer that Caitlin is, if she had been caught up in other things, she might not have made those relationships. It's, for, it's, so, much, it's so much more than just doing things. No, but it's doing things intentionally. It's doing things connected to the Lord. So um, let's review to make sure everybody's listening and you're just, you're, you're paying attention. It's class now. So practical step number one is loving yourself, right? Loving yourself, which leads to loving others well and eliminates people pleasing. And Mark twelve thirty one is where we gain that understanding. Also, that you are first and foremost a daughter or son of the king, and then you are a soldier in the army of the Lord. Oh, am I talking too fast for you, Caitlin? So sorry. I'll slow down. <laughs> and then step number two is to be constant in prayer. 
And we get that from according to Jude 20, right? Every day, every moment, praying in the Holy Spirit, lifting up thankful hearts to the Lord. Rather than allowing your tongue to get the best of you in dire situations, allow your holy language to take over. As you do this, you're being pruned into more into who he has called you to be. Amen? And then number three, don't compare. Comparison is the thief of joy. And the thing that you're called to do looks different than the person next to you. And yet, whatever it is, you still need Jesus to accomplish it. God will use your vocation for his gospel to go forth in the earth. And uh, I believe in that. I believe in that so much. And another thing, too, um, I don't know who this is for, but, but just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're busy for the right reasons. Um, a busy life does not equate to a fulfilled assignment that God's placed on your life. Sometimes it just equates to messy spaces on your calendar, and you need to reevaluate and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to be doing with this day? I know I have this appointment, but you dictate my life, and so if you say no to this appointment, then I won't do it. That even means, or you're like, okay, well, Carrie, like, you work in the church, you work for a nonprofit, like, you can do that. I really can't do that. Listen, I have really seen God move in my life when he's told me to not do something, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to tell this person that I can't do something, and he always works it out for me, that I'm able to say no to whatever it is someone's asking, not because I want to say no, but because I know the Holy Spirit's telling me, no, that's not it, you know? So, um... Just really take that into consideration and allow yourself to be keen to hear when he's telling you not to do something. Um, and let's, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. And along with that, like, I think we equate that because, oh, I'm busy, busy, busy doing things for the kingdom of God. But the Father isn't looking for a high-capacity person if your heart is suffering, if you haven't had a, t- a second to get with God. Now, I'm on the other side of that. I'm definitely a firm believer that, okay, if you are taking time to get with the Holy Spirit, you may have a busy day, but it isn't a rushed day. You're doing all the things that you need to do, being connected to him. The biggest important part about that is not, not necessarily saying, like, don't be busy. Don't, don't hear that from me because, listen, if anybody is guilty of that, it's me. But there is a healthy balance in between that. I used to, and this season of my life, I used to be able to just sit down and be like an hour and a half, like drink some coffee, like there's like 30 minutes of worship and then 30 minutes of reading and then maybe 10 minutes of writing. That is not, that's not how it can be anymore for me, which is okay. So I decide at every moment, I'm going to take 20 minutes and I'm going to listen to some worship and I'm going to thank God and I'm going to pray and then maybe 20 minutes later in the day. And, and what am I doing? I'm, continuing, I'm continuously being built from the inside and I'm able to maneuver through my day much more easily than if I just, you know, skipped it or said, Lord, I don't know how to make this work for my day. If you're staying abided, if abided, that's not really a word. If you're staying abound, let's not focus on that. If you're staying close to the vine, abiding, thank you. I just couldn't English right then. (laughs) 
if you're abiding in God and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you. He'll give you direction on how your relationship should be in this season. He will definitely say, okay, well, because that's, that's the direction I got from the Lord. Well, Carrie, right now, you really can't do that. So just focus on spending time with me when, I, when I'm drawing you. That's just like his verbiage with me. I know that's weird. But I pay attention to that now. I've been so used to like my hour and a half time that I just, I almost got stuck. And then I just heard, Carrie, I'm drawing you right now. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm listening. And then I would get a word for the day. He would spotlight people for me or even getting a word for my, my daughter. Like, okay, hey, talk to her about this. Like, hey, this is a moment to speak into her life about this. Or if my husband and I, because we don't fight ever, no, we have intense fellowship. Thank you very much. If we are having some intense fellowship <laughs> and I have to get really quiet and the Holy Spirit says, hey, why don't you say it this way? And I say, okay, that doesn't, I'm going to say that, but I don't know if that's going to work. And then I do, and he's like, wow, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, this is just the Lord. It's so funny. I, I don't know how that happened. But it's, I think, you know, I think it's, it seems like I'm making it so, seem so easy. That's because it is. It's not easy at first. You definitely have to, like, shift your mind to think another way. But when you do it, man. I'm telling you what, it'll make your life easier. I'm only standing here today literally because I made a decision that I'm going to choose to abide in God at all times in the middle of messy situations, in the middle of, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to say, nope, I'm not going to let my circumstance have a louder voice in my life than the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take a second and go and get alone. Or if I, even if I'm in the car, I'm around people. You can pray in tongues quiet. I have done it. You just need to make, make practice of that. Make practice of that. Allow him to be every part of your day. And I'm telling you, since this mentality has kind of shift my thinking, I'm no longer just a Christian who, you know, I'm doing the word. Now I am, I'm a daughter of, of God. I've stepped into that. We can know that we're daughter, daughters and sons of God, but then there's a stepping into that happens where you know that he's not, just a, he's not just an accessory, a fun accessory, but he's something that is intimately a part of your life every day. Every day I wake up and I thank God. We have communication. It turns into this, he's walking with me through life rather than, come on, God, let's go. You know, he's not your purse. He's not some cute earrings. No, he is the thing. He is the person that you need to be with every single day. And um, the Holy Spirit kind of gave me a word, some words about, I don't know who it's about necessarily. But um, uh, I don't know how to word it exactly, but we're just going to trust the Lord with it. But maybe some of you this morning um, or this afternoon, you, you're, you've hit a wall with God. You're not sure why it is, but he was telling me that it's because you have stopped allowing him to prune, and you've gotten kind of stagnant in your walk. And yeah, you can go ahead and go up, honey. And for some of you, for you to get past that wall, you just need to allow him to to examine you honestly, fully, so that he can prune away those things that are stopping you from getting to that place that you need to go. I really kind of heard that um, this morning, and I, I think I want to pray with you. If that's you, or you're, you feel like that, you kind of identify with that, I'd love to pray with you. Because it's so important that we, 
we allow God to, to work in us in such a way so that we can, we can produce more fruit. And the fruit's not just for us, right? Like, it's not just so that we can say that we're producing fruit in God. No. What is it? The entire purpose of us producing fruit so we can be lampposts for God that says, hey, I know the goodness of God. It's in my life, and this is the fruit of it. And he can do the same thing in you. It's always for spreading the gospel. It's always for furthering his kingdom. So right now, I just want to take a second and, um, and pray with any of you who are kind of feeling that way. And I want to invite our prayer partners to come up too. If you're feeling like, yeah, that's, that's me, please don't leave without somebody praying with you. I am really believing that from this day forward after this, you have been equipped with tools on how to abide in God, simple as they may be. But, you know, the word says that God uses the simple things to confound the wise, right? You've been equipped to know how you can stay connected intimately with him. And now if there are other things that are kind of keeping you from going further, just like I talked about, just like that word that the Lord gave me, like, please allow us to pray with you. And then after that, you know, we'll, we'll dismiss. So if that's you, you can go ahead and come forward.